WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio. Good morning, I'm Seth Goldberg. Some college basketball scores from around the ACC where number four Virginia steamrolled ninth-ranked Virginia Tech, winning 81-59. Meanwhile, UNC held held serve on home court, beat Notre Dame. Wake Forest upsetting 17th-ranked NC State. In the NBA, Warriors dominated, scoring a NBA record 51 points in the first quarter on their way to a 142-111 win over the Denver Nuggets. And And elsewhere in the league, Turkish prosecutors are seeking an international arrest warrant for Knicks center Enes Kanter, accusing him of being a member of a terrorist organization. A newspaper in Turkey said Istanbul's chief prosecutor's office has also prepared an extradition request for Kanter. Previously this year, Kanter had said he fears going to the Knicks game in London out of a fear he would be assassinated. Are the Knicks a terrorist organization? They might be. Their fans might they're think a, so. They're, they're a terrible organization. But I don't they know. definitely are. The Daniel Baldwin Show starts now. Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to The Daniel Baldwin Show. This is Anthony Munoz, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN. Hi, this is Bruce Smith, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show. Hi, this is Cornelius Bennett, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show here on ESPN. Jim Kelly, you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is Chris Berman, a.k.a. The Swami. I am predicting that you are listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Dean Kane. You're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, and so am I. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. And now, welcome to the big show. Um, Paulie, how are you feeling right now? Uh, day after 24 hours without sleep, horrible. This is I'm far more tired today than I was yesterday when we did the show. It. <clears throat> I feel better because I went home and... I laid. I knew if I laid on the couch, that it was going to probably be an all night thing. And, and then here's another thing: Do you ever do this? <laughs> so I have um, help cleaning my house, and they came and they cleaned everything up. And I was away, and I came home, and the house is in perfect condition. And Robin is coming back up tonight mm-hmm. to stay for a little while here in New York from Florida. And I didn't even sleep in my bed. I didn't even want. I slept on the couch. I laid down there the, when I got home, and I thought. I'm definitely going down. I was really tired yesterday. I went out to lunch with Alec, which <clears throat> you you know showed. It makes me uncomfortable when your brother invites me to family functions. Why? Because I I'm not a part like I I don't know your inner circle, and you guys want to sit and talk and catch up and go over your personal lives. It's not a place for the we'll mole. trash each other right in front of you, Paulie. It's okay. It's it's not a place for the mole. If we want to do it on air, it's fine. I'm not I'm <sighs> not I'm not ready for Baldwin family lunches. Well, so you don't feel close enough to us yet. Even though you've you've accepted induction, as as you know, no, the- you guys have private things you need to speak about. Like you guys were talking about private things prior to the show yesterday, and I was really uncomfortable. Why have you not embraced your moldum? I don't know, but it is funny. Everybody is everybody is in the uh, office. Was like Alec asked you to lunch. You said no, and then he found you again and invited you to dinner. He really wanted you to be there. And and, and what happened was the uh, ricochet effect. So. He invited you the first time. You told him no. I was. I, I had a lot to do yesterday. That, that that then the dinner thing came up, and he said, "Yeah, don't bother. Don't bother asking." Him. I think he was upset that you turned him down. Okay. I think you slipped down the moldum ladder. <laughs> That's a terrible thing. 
Um, how how are you feeling? I did I did do something lazy too yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I got home after a trip and I had to do laundry, but I was so tired that instead of doing laundry, I just went shopping. Okay, now you mentioned this to me, and I and I I had to fully digest it. It kind of went by me. I made a, a an off comment as you and I usually do. So the line was, I went and bought some socks and underwear. Yeah, I don't want to do laundry. I was okay. Too tired. Okay, but but here comes a question. Now, if I went into my house. And I went away for two weeks. I wouldn't have to go buy socks and underwear. Like, how many socks and underwear pairs oh, do you own? A, a lot. I just had a huge load of laundry that I have to but do. But that must mean that you would allow the laundry to go for weeks without doing it. Yeah, I got a lot of clothes. Right. I just pile it in the... You just let it stockpile until you're down to the bottom of it. Yeah, because I... To where you literally had to buy more underwear. Yeah, see, this is me and the difference between you and I in our in our lifestyles. You, okay. You, you want the... Yeah, you tell me. You want the the large Escalade to drive us down to, to yeah. I want to be comfortable. To Duke, I have to go to Colonial Laundromat to do my laundry, and I let it pile up. And I'm not going to the laundromat once a week. I'm going once all the clothes. Okay, but what would then stop you when you think about the amount of money you pay a Colonial Laundromat to buy like a small stack washer dryer? And well, I live in an apartment, and I have to get approval from the landlord to have a water based thing in my upstairs apartment, and I don't live the Baldwin lifestyle. I'm a mole. Do you have a spot in your apartment for a washer and dryer? No. There's no spot that would fit into that you put. No, the... I've got an office and a and a bedroom. That's okay. how I roll. So it won't help if I just buy you a washer and dryer. No, no, apartment. I don't have, and I'd have to get approval from my landlord. But this is the same landlord that was up in your place hanging out the other day. I remember there was yes. some call. Yes. Wanted, can I come up and look? I need the guy to rent the place downstairs. I can't remember what the whole story yeah, was. You need a garbage bag. So right, he wanted garbage bags. That's right. So this guy's okay for garbage bags. My mole can't have a washer dryer, a little stack unit, so he doesn't have to buy underwear. How many? Let me ask you something. I, this this is more compelling. Great sports, sports reporting <laughs> today. So the pile of laundry gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it gets to the point where, obviously, this is not a frequent thing where you have to go buy a, a No, pack no, this of, is the one. It's not a frequent. Not, not frequent. Okay. But how many in that pile of underwear, pairs of underwear in it? Yeah, enough to fill the top How drawer. many pair? I want you to speculate. Just, just an average. Is, is there 20? A month's worth, 30 pairs. 30 pairs yeah. of underwear. <laughs> so you need to do your laundry in a month. So this is a substantial pile because there's shirts and pants and... And other items involved. Yeah, involved. Yeah. Do you know that I go home and I'll go for two days to wear the same work jeans and then I wash them and wear the same jeans to work almost every day? Yeah. I, I, I have 50 pairs of jeans and I wear the same paint-stained, ripped. If you look, yeah. I'll have these jeans on every day. And I had one other person say to me, dude, are those the same jeans? I go, I wear them every day. And now I go home and I'll change if I'm going out because I can't really wear these out. But I wear these work because it's work, and I want it to feel like work to me. I finally replaced my boots. I got these boots. I, the day I got here into upstate New York two years ago, I got these boots that I you know, literally do all the work around my house, and I just beat the crap out of them. Robin finally looked at me and said, would you please go back and get another pair of boots? Those are disgusting now. I miss them. I do. I miss them. Like you miss your 30 pairs of underwear. <laughs> yeah, I, I just needed to get socks and underwear, so... Well, I go through this little phase that I'm at right now where I accumulate things. So so now, you know, I go to the Jim Kelly and I get a big bag of stuff and I go to three, you know, three golf, four golf tournaments a year. And I get a bag of four shirts, a jacket of this, 
And then I see stuff on the internet that I want for the show. So I bought several baseball shirts. I have this football jersey. But I mean, I've acquired this season, you know, 20 more items. Now I have a limited amount of space in my house that I'm spilling over into the closets and other rooms. When what I really need to do is go in there and take literally 40 things and just give them away or donate them or do whatever. I have a dresser full of radio station t-shirts that I've collected over my career that I need to get rid of. We have worse. If I have Robin call in, I'm going to have Robin call in to tell you what we have. Four large dresser drawers full of the maids had to have looked at us like we were freaks. So I got on this one site that I liked that I ordered lingerie for my wife. And then I got on another site that attached it to that. I thought, oh, their stuff is really good too. And I did auto delivery and you pick the things you like and they send them to you. I have four drawers full of women's lingerie, all different stuff that's never been worn that's in the box and it keeps coming and I keep putting it in and it's taken over another drawer. So when Robin went back down to Florida, she turned around and she goes, I'm not taking all that stuff with me. She goes, I'm leaving. So now I got to get a chest and I had to cancel the deliveries because I have so much, but I don't have a body to fill them. Well, that's a sad story, isn't it? That's depressing. It's almost as bad as having to buy underwear because I had so much underwear. But I haven't done laundry in so long. Uh, big show today. <laughs> couple of different guests, right? we got two guests today on the Burdick Toyota guest line. Who we got coming up on the show today? Well, we've got Coach Griff coming in in the third segment. We're going to talk about everything that's SU basketball. And uh, a little bit about the expectations what I want to get to. Uh, I want to talk about you know the pros and cons of beating the number one team in the nation on the road. Obviously, there's uh, significant pros for us as we have four non-conference losses. Uh, and, and let's face it basketball like other this is the playoffs so you know you can play all you want in the nba you can play all you want in pro football the idea is to get to the postseason and in, in, in order to put yourself in a position to win a super bowl or to win the title and the same will be said about college basketball you play a 32 game schedule or whatever your team plays somewhere up above 30 games this, this at this time um and it's all about getting into that tournament and so as we look at some of the things that have happened this year that don't bode well, uh, an upset of the number one team on the road is a huge offset to some of the things that haven't happened. And we're going to discuss what we have to need moving, what we have to do moving forward, uh, and and some of the expectations, uh, you know, from fans. We've already got emails uh, that have come in about uh, this win, uh, and we're also going to have in the uh, in the second hour, um, Adam Weitzman. Um, Adam has a very lucrative and, and successful businesses here in upstate New York. Uh, he's very close friends with Coach Beheim, and he is all over the national news for uh, his uh, generosity, he and his wife, Kim. And uh, we're going to talk to uh, Adam about what it is he did after the Duke-Syracuse uh, basketball game, and we'll do that uh, um, at around uh, 1130, I think he's going to call. So uh, those are our two guests for today. Um, now, Josh... As you notice, if if you're an avid listener, which I know the millions of you out there are listening to the show, as opposed to the 11 yesterday that listened to the show, according to Paulie and Alec, um, uh, you'll notice Josh is not here. Now, take me through this, please. I need to understand this better. Josh comes in, tells me I'll be in the second, I'll be in the second hour as opposed to the first hour because I'm going to a ribbon cutting. Now, when I think about ribbon cuttings and and school and the ones that I've been to. 
it's the opening of something, obviously. Yeah. You know, and this is a mayoral. You know, this is a politician. Yeah, they're building a new sports arena. They're right, opening right. a school. A bridge. Some, you know, yeah, whatever. So something so, important. So you then chimed in as I asked for more details, and and he is at what? He is at the opening of the new Taco Bell in Fulton. So <laughs> there are so many layers to this onion. I can't. I don't even know where to begin. First of all. Josh needing to know the location of another fast food place, it would be the equivalent of my needing to know where the local cocaine dealer is. You know, I mean, I mean, this is not, this is not a good thing for him. He's, he, you would, I don't even know where to go. Why is he, why are they cutting a ribbon at a Taco Bell? Because he is, uh, it's grand opening, but he is very pro Taco Bell. Is he really? Yeah, he is. If he had to live off of, one fast food joint it would be oh you know the what? bell I, I i i think i have something <laughs> who do you think wins in a just regular hard shell taco eating contest me or josh you i'm gonna crush him i'm gonna crush him i uh i want money i want i want i want a money line on this speaking of eating bad we on the way back from duke i ate King size <clears throat> Reese's peanut butter cups, uh-huh. giant Reese, uh, Rice Krispie treat, and a bag of salt and vinegar chips. Okay, but I outsmarted you on I something. I feel terrible. I outsmarted you on something. So I went in at one point. I ordered this, you know, uh, I won't say the name of the company, but we went to a, a gas station chain that is known for their uh, for their food that they have there, too. And I ordered the most snaggly... Uh, sausage like like sandwich or something. No, it was a pulled, pulled pork, pork or something. So I, I I ordered this thing. I get in the car and the smell when I opened this up after it had been in the, uh, preheated was so terrifying. And everyone in the Nicky kneecaps and Paulie both said to me like even I smelled it immediately. And I took one bite and it enabled me to throw it out of the car. Like not the wrapper, but the the sandwich to the side of the road. Then after we were on our way uh, back home. And I ordered uh, like a chicken, a, chicken a chicken salad Caesar or something wrap. You which, are ballsy for eating so, stuff so, like that from so a gas station. I, again, I took a bite of this, and it was like so creamy and soft and weird that I put it down. Then later on, I was so hungry, and I was driving that I took like another two bites, and then I canned that too. So I had like three bites of anything. The fact that you eat gas station food is a whole another disgusting so, world. So, so he, again. What I love about our our interplay with each other is just uh, uh, the standards and practice of all of it. I mean, you know, wh- where the bar is and the logic behind your theorizing. So you believe that my off uh, my eating gas station food, which is made usually at the gas station or brought in by truck, is any different than the pre-processed meat that goes into that's in a that, that was slaughtered from a cow in 1492 you know and is still hanging in some meat rack and with additives and everything to it did you ever see supersize me yeah but i don't eat that stuff on the road like normally like you have reported in on the road before yeah, and told us burger king burger on the way that's it and then i don't eat the rest of the you trip. have gone and told us that the multiple stops you make when you go on a long distance trip. sometimes yeah but like i try not to eat that bad okay. and i ate horribly this trip so well the the sugar sugar is a terrible terrible thing to overconsume, and there's so many hidden sugars in many things that you eat 
uh, particularly like ketchup. And uh, last yesterday with Xander, with Alec, we were out to uh, lunch, and, I, and they and they had a, a taco bar, like an open taco bar, an open salad bar at uh, Seven Waters, which was actually really nice. I liked it. So I, I put a, a lot of chicken on top of se- uh, lettuce, but I threw on the top a couple of healthy scoops of uh, um, this, the the uh, salsa. And right away, and, and Alec, of course, looks down at my thing and goes, that'll kill you. That'll kill you. The amount of sugar that's in that. Salsa. And I'm looking, I'm going, can I get a bite before you critique Your it? Your brother's very worried about you dying. He does. Everything you did, like I saw you guys FaceTiming a bunch, you're going to die. You're going to have a heart attack. You're going to do this. Well, you see, I think a lot of it is self-projection. So he's wor- he's told me that he's left all of his empire to his wife and that his, you know, he all of his properties, all of his this, all of his that. You know, and he's worth a tremendous amount of, mm-hmm. of money he's uh, he's accumulated over the years and he's been very wise with his investments. Um, but but again, I look at him and I go, why do you say that? Because if you keep breathing that out into the universe that you're going to die at 65, you're going to live four more years and be dead. He's like 61 now. So- why do you want that? You know, why do you keep saying that? So now what he's decided to do is is put it on me. I'm going <laughs> to drop anytime. Meanwhile, I work out three, four times a week. I have a gym in my house, but but it, but I'm going to die. Okay. All right. We'll see how it goes. We'll be right back. We'll play So What. We'll talk to Coach Griff. We'll recap the Duke game once more a day after there's, digesting. There's so very much more. I'm so excited. It's time for. I, um, I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control, and I just can't... Um. So what? It's unlistenable radio! <laughs> you understand the me? Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey, now! <laughs> Neil looks like... Like, uh, Dan Rather, like, a de- like Dan Rather. <clears throat> a stupid Dan Rather. I don't know who that is. <laughs> I don't know. All right, let me give you a couple of hints really quick before we open up. So when you're growing, when you're letting this grow in, your and facial hair? whatever it is that you you describe that Hanukkah bush that you got going, <laughs> you might want to take a razor and clean the stuff up off the neck. So this this well, we're gonna work on that for you. We're gonna work on that look. I just haven't been shaving. I've just been lazy for wow. the past couple of days. Big your entire big. career too. Thank you. Wow. What do you got for so what? Heisman Trophy winner Kyler Murray has officially declared for the MLB draft. Murray was the ninth overall pick in last year's not M- the MLB draft. N- NFL, sorry. Thank you. Murray was the ninth <laughs> overall pick in last year's MLB draft and was expected to report to spring train this year. He will forfeit a sign bonus of four point six million dollars and is number twenty four overall on Todd McShay's big board. Well, the dig on, I, I don't think it's a so what, uh, the dig on him is going to be his height. Um, you know, so in, in the NFL, prototypical drop back quarterback is 6'3 or better. Um, he's going to have a difficult time seeing over linemen. Can it be done? Yes, of course, we've seen people shorter than him do it, and Doug Flutie and, and other people that come to mind. Fran Tarkenden had a hell of a career. Um, <clears throat> you know, I worry that this is just a ploy to somehow up the baseball thing for a trade or whatever he's looking to do. Because, you know, why if you can, I I looked at Elway and he had a great career, but if you can throw a baseball versus have to get trampled, no one comes after you and tackles you on the pitcher's mound. Safety and money-wise long-term, I think baseball is a way better bet. Well, especially if you're a pitcher. Yeah. But I, I think if you want to make money, you want to, be able to walk when you get done, you know, with you, with your playing career. Baseball is a no-brainer in this situation. He's a way more of a 
a challenge and a, a project in the NFL. But here's the thing. If he plays two years in the NFL and it doesn't work out, he, he'd be on a Major League Baseball roster in 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 a month. Shouldn't MLB teams like shy away from him because of that reason, though? <coughs> what? Like if they can think, well, if it doesn't work out for him, then he's just gonna go play baseball, and we're wasting a first round pick on him. Well, 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 well no, because he's gonna question. give it a try. Here's here's a better question: Why has there been no conversation when it comes to this guy to do a Bo Jackson or do a Deion? No Sanders? NFL team would you allow that. You anymore. can't do that yeah. when you're a quarterback. Yeah, nobody would allow you to do that anymore. Well, uh, uh, the fact that both of you jump out the gate, no one would allow you, and you can't. If you want the guy to play in your team bad enough, you'll do whatever you have to do to have him play in your team. One of the sports will say no. But when you're a quarterback, that's that's your life. Like, all year round, you're the one who's doing the most work to make sure the team's successful. So you're saying that there will never be a professional quarterback that plays the second sport because he's the quarterback? Yes. Okay. I'm saying nobody will play two sports again for a long time. What would change in twenty well, years? Russell, again? I, I don't know. I just think that right now people are not going to allow their in, the investment they're making in people to do that. Well, here's here's the thing that maybe you're not taking into consideration, and I absolutely absolutely acknowledge what you said, Neil, about it being a quarterback, which would make it the hardest position to do it in. But you're forgetting about what drives the train, and money drives the train. Nothing else drives the train. Forget about all the other nonsense about nationalism, capitalism, bism, bism, bism. It's about money. And if someone thinks that they're going to take their program and drive people into the stadium and drive up television revenues and everything else to sign this guy and have him miss two games, or have him to, they're going to do it. I promise you they're going to do it. I, I just think MLB's got guaranteed contracts, and if you're playing football and you've, you're paying a guy... A hundred, like a hundred and forty million dollars to be a pitcher on your staff. You're not going to let him go get and, on an NFL field. And, and I wonder if any of this, when it comes to his personal decision to do it, has to do with who owns his rights. So he's going to the A's. I believe he's going to the A's. Correct? Yes. If he goes baseball yep. right now. Yep. So he's going to the A's. Who's going to draft him? Does, would you rather be an Oakland A or a New York Giant? Would you rather be an Oakland A or you know? And so again, if they're going to take him in Denver. You know, or they're going to take him someplace, and he'll get an idea where he's going to go. And people talk on the inside, hey, tell the kid we're going to get him, you know, kind of thing. So if you're going to go to Detroit, you're going to say to yourself, well, I don't want to play in Detroit. But if you're going to go to a team that you've always wanted to play for or a storied friend, if he's going to go to New England and be the guy that replaces Brady and, and play under Brady for another season or two and then be with Belichick, man, maybe that could be a big factor in his decision-making. It really could. Last night, the Golden State Warriors defeated the Denver Nuggets 142-111, to scoring an NBA record 51 points in the first quarter, and Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant all had at least 25 points in under 30 minutes. So what? I, I'm so tired of listening. It was pretty impressive. I, I've sat and watched the highlight package. If they scored it was 51 in- each quarter and scored over 200, I would have been impressed. <laughs> If they scored 200, I would have gone crazy. Well, they were sitting the fourth quarter, probably. Yeah. Uh, that's the problem. Coach blew it. I found it very impressive. That, that team is, when it's when it's hitting on all cylinders, that's probably the best basketball the team I've ever seen in my life. The team that faces them in the NBA Finals has to leave a one-game contract for me and sign me. 
And I'm going to go out there and rope all three of them. First time we go to the basketball, I'm going to collar them around the neck <laughs> and plant Steph Curry into the ground. And then I want to see how well he shoots. I huh? want to go back more to the old school where you would take a guy like that and bury him a couple of times. How much, how much, are, you looking, how much are you looking for in a one-day contract? Um, they have to cover the lawsuit after I shackle the kid. Um, but, I mean, I'm, I'm looking to sign for the NBA minimum. All right. For one day. Go one ahead. Day. <laughs> one game. I'll play two minutes. I'll collar all three of them. Sticking with basketball, unranked Wake Forest defeated the number 17th ranked North Carolina State last night, 71-67. to Wake Forest has lost all three of its ACC games so far, all by double-digit points. The ACC is crazy. It's insane. Syracuse loses to Georgia Tech, goes on and beats Duke. Wake beats yeah. NC State. Anybody that is looking at this Syracuse games, the past two, and is thinks they can make a judgment of how the ACC is going to go, you're... You're you're it's, not capable of it's doing topsy it. Turvy. Yeah, yeah, it's topsy turvy. I gotta say, uh, I mean, well, first of all, if you want to get into the into the, in this millennium, you might want to get the bigger screen on the phone. Although you're young, you can see. And the second thing I want to throw at you: print these up, print these up. These things you're doing, print them up so you have them in front of you on page. It was a last man edition. <sighs> I threw this. I told them to add this. To I told them to add this to the so what because uh, he had a bunch of boring stories. I'm not. <laughs> Thank you, you. You went over his stories first. Yeah, they didn't make the cut. Like, you didn't. He didn't look at my. I stories. can tell. I just saw the stupid look on his face. That you it was anything gonna, else for us, Colin? You're not interested in this. Like you're just going to say it's topsy turvy. You know, the ACC is insane. We we as I think a lot of it seems like basketball in general. You know those. Those seven teams, like in football, Bama, Clemson, you know, uh, that are supposed to be there. I think you're going to see a wild and woolly tournament this year. You know, there's gonna, it's going to be one of those years where a number eight wins it. <laughs> there's been no consistency, uh, and I think Duke, after taking them at home, I think Duke is going to get had a couple more times. We will uh, discuss this further on in the. It- later on in the show about Syracuse's ACC schedule and trying to predict it. It I think I, instead of looking at it, who they're going to beat, you've just got to somehow figure out how they're going to get their 10-11 wins in the ACC this year to make it. And there's no way it, with what's going on you're going to be able to do it. So well, it'll be fun. We'll do predictions. Well, well another, another reason why I'm not elaborating on it too much is because we've got Coach Griff in the next, in the next segment. So uh, what else you got for us? Anything? The National UFO Reporting Center claims that there are over 65 UFO sightings in upstate New York last year. Not a so what. They're here. They're here. I How many believe. can you guys guess were in Syracuse? Four. Uh, no, more than that. Three. They didn't get my call. Where were they seen in Syracuse? Um, it's there. It, it just said Syracuse. It didn't say specifically, but there are like descriptions. One happened in March, another in August, and well, another in October. We might have a couple in the office. I'm All of sure. them are really similar. They say they see a light and it's like green. They think it's an airplane. Then it turns red and then just goes away. That's what all the descriptions said. See that? It's a stoplight. Don't say anything. Don't say. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. You see what I wrote? Okay. Can you read that? I don't say it. Do you not see what that says? Here, let me write it more clearly. Okay. I just want to tell everybody, there's drones in Syracuse. There's an airport in Syracuse. There's just not UFOs in Syracuse. Okay. If I was to take 
any of the men. And I want you to th- wa- look at me right now and take this thought. I think you're an alien. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Go ahead. Any of the men in that office, and you had to look at the way they move, the way they talk, the way they behave, who would you say in our office, now watch me, don't, shh, don't say anything yet, watch me spelling it out to you and sending it to you, okay? What guy in that office is an alien? The, the guy next to the corner office. The one who chewed you out. That's who you think's an alien. Yes. <laughs> no? Who's an alien? Okay. So one of the lower totally. level guys is an alien. So totally an alien. It walks around, looking around, so you're beat, saying, his eyes wide you're open. You're saying there's a, a life form that was smart enough to come from another planet, and he's a minimum wage sign maker at a radio he's station. A, he's a plant. <laughs> Okay, he got got here in a UFO. He did. And he puts up speakers. (laughs) We can give away that I think Zach's an alien. (laughs) All right, we got to take a break. Coach Griff is next on the uh, Burdick Toyota guest line. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Time to talk to Coach Griff. Brought to you by Davidson Ford. Coming off the big Duke win, and we've got to really be happy uh, about the play of Pascal Chugu, right, Coach? Oh, definitely. Uh, Pascal played, you know, one of his best games of his career here at Syracuse. Uh, he was phenomenal for us, and, you know, like Coach said, when he plays like that, we're a different team. <clears throat> it ain't no fluke, Griff. <laughs> it ain't no fluke when it comes to my chook. <laughs> He's my yeah. pl- he's my boy. Eighteen boards. Woo. Yeah, he, yeah, he played possessed. Uh, and you know what? It wasn't easy. You know, rebounds too. I mean, he was in traffic amongst you know some some of the trees in there, and he was coming down with them and being strong. With I was very happy for him. How do you get into his head now that he can do that? If you can do that against Duke, you can do that against anybody. Well, I I, I think. Uh, like like I said on the show uh, uh, the day of the Duke game, he got it in him. We we see it, and, and that's the frustrating part, you know, for coaches that he knows that he has it in him, and he just got to be consistent with it, uh, you know. And I start some practice today. What's his mentality like today in practice? Uh, because you know, if he wants carryover to Saturday, he has to do it. It, it starts today in practice, so uh, we'll see where he where he is. And if he if not, I'm gonna come and get Daniel's. Uh, stick and come whoop on him a little bit after the, after seeing that um i would take him uh, me i i would take him aside and say see see what we've been telling you when you're motivated and you decide you want to take the things that we've taught you and your god-given skills you know there's no reason why you don't have 12 13 boards a game every game i mean this is a monster effort but what we don't want is four rebounds and two points in this nonsense when you t- decide to take vacations you know, and and, right. and and that's what it is. Uh, the, the 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 good. You know, what's interesting to me first, Griff. I want to go to. What's that flight like home? <laughs> you know, it's a, l- a little bit more. You know, noise, uh, especially mm-hmm. coming off a win. Period. Uh, you know, the guys are feeling good about themselves, and you know, you can hear some of those guys. You know, recapping the game. You know, good battle and different. Uh, it's just a fun time. Uh, great. You know, great time coming back. And, uh, yeah, it was good. There was a point 
in the uh, in the second half. I think it was Tyus. He's driving to the lane. Excuse me. <clears throat> and he kicks the ball to Dolajai on the baseline, and Dolajai pump faked it. And I swear to God, Griff, I almost came out of the yeah. stands. I, 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 <laughs> I, I that that that. You know, that quick pass and just quick release when no one's on you. And he just doesn't seem to have that in his vernacular right now. How do you coach that, Griff? How do you teach somebody that, you know, when you get a ball wide open like that, you got to put it up? Well, you you constantly got to get up reps. There's nobody on our team to shoot more than, you know, Marat. Um, you know, and, and it just he has to have that confidence within himself that if he's open – he can uh, make the shot, you know, and, and the thing about it is, is our whole staff encouraged him to shoot in that shot. Uh, that's a shot that he can make. Uh, it just so happened in the Duke game, he just didn't feel it. And, he, you know, he passed up on it. And, and you know what? Uh, at the end of the day, it kind of worked. It still worked in our favor because we got the W. Right. Uh, talk about the play of Frank Howard also in the second half of that game. What changed in him? What what clicked? Was there was there a you know a confidence all of a sudden in him that we haven't seen this year, but we have seen in the past from him? Yeah, you know, like in order for us to you know beat anybody in our league, we we have to have Frank play good, uh, and you know. Early on in that game, he was, you know, he had foul trouble, uh, and coach kept bringing him in and bringing him out, so he didn't have a, you know, somewhat of a rhythm uh, in that game. Uh, so in the second half, he was able to play, uh, you know, long stretches at a time, and then he, and then he started to have getting into the rhythm, and he, and, you know, he ran off what it was eleven out of thirteen points or something like that. Um, he he was phenomenal for us uh, in that second half, and and that's what we need from our senior leader. Uh, Frank and Frank was great. Talking to Coach Griff, brought to you by Davidson Ford. Griff, you, you know, uh, there, there's a, a as a former college athlete myself, and, and certainly not risen to the level that you and Syracuse University plays up. But I, I know what it's like to be in the huddle. I know what it's like to be in a game, and <clears throat> this is a double-edged sword in some ways. You know, I remember I remember leaving and being so joyous. We drove all the way down. We drove back. Uh, you know, we really thoroughly enjoyed the idea that so many people didn't think we had a chance as a 17 and a half point underdog. And, and I warned, you know, live from the from the, the day of the game, from the lobby of that hotel you stayed at. And I said, if you don't think Syracuse can walk out here and win this game, you're out of your mind. This is an ACC battle tested team with some with some players on there and playing for a few years in this league. They absolutely can win this game. Forget about covering in 17 and all that nonsense. They can beat Duke, and of course they did, which made me look like a genius, I might add. Um, but, <laughs> Finally. But, but with that said, there is a double... I, I know what it's like, and Paulie brought this up in yesterday's broadcast. You know, you want to be careful to not walk out of here going, yeah, we beat number one now, and, and be cocky about it. Well, it. It should instill confidence in them that they can beat anybody and certainly make sure one game at a time. This is for me. One game at a time. Pitt's the next target, and concentrate on Pitt. How do you get them to do that when you beat number one on the road, Griff? Well, with the last two game experiences, they should give them all the information that they need. You know, you you, you come and home at home. You have a Georgia Tech team uh, at on your home court, and you don't play well. And, you know, Georgia Tech uh, – is a really good team, but they're not, you know, in the likes of the Duke, you know, of the, the Dukes of the world. So, uh, um, 
you, you, you fall to them and then you bounce back within 48 hours, probably less than 48 hours, and, and you beat the number one team in the country. Uh, you know, you, 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 you have both experiences which should help, you know, uh, lead you into, you know, Pittsburgh and so forth and so forth. Uh, and, and again, like I said earlier today, it starts with this practice. Uh, it, this practice will tell us a lot as a coaching staff because, you know, hopefully our guys will come ready to practice so that we can, you know, have a good day of practice so so it can get us better prepared for a good Pittsburgh team on Saturday. What do you see in Pittsburgh, Coach? Uh, you know what? Pittsburgh is a team who they can attack. They are attacking they are an attacking team. They're looking to get the ball up the court to the basket, and we got to be ready to keeping these guys in front of us, keeping their, their guards out of the middle of the, the paint, and, and, and uh, make sure that they're taking tough, contested, you know, shots. Well, Coach, listen, you know, we, we, we've gotten to see the yin and the yang of this basketball team, and we have, uh, you know, obvious things that – but we have um, not erased, but but put you know to the back of the image now. You know stuff that's in the background is not as important as stuff in the foreground. So for a committee, and let's face it, this is all about getting the playoffs in the NBA. This is all about winning a title. This is all about getting to the Super Bowl and getting the playoffs. We've got four non-conference losses and a couple of them absolutely we should have won. And 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 this is going to work against us. Then we beat number one on the road <laughs> to turn around and tell any committee, hey, Syracuse can do it at any given time. Is the feeling, is is, is that ever come up about what you need to do to get to the tournament or is that only near the end of the year? I, I think that's only at the end and at the very end. I, I think when you still have games, you still control what you can control, uh, you know, and, and, you know, and that's the next game, you know, Pittsburgh is the next one. Then you got a very good Miami team who's struggling a little bit due to injuries coming in here. And then you go on the road, you got two more on the road at Virginia Tech and Boston College who are two very good teams. So you just got to take one game at a time and control what you can control and just keep getting better and better when you have their practice days. Uh, and, and then, you know, if you, if you take care of your business, you take it out of the committee's hands or whoever's hands it is, and then you know you, you you get to where you want to get to. I'm looking for reasons to get on the road with Paulie the Mole. We, we I, I found it quite fascinating. <laughs> I think I think it's even a TV series. It's a potential show uh, on the road, m- malicious or something. We're going to call it. So if I'm going on the road, am I going on the road to Tech? Am I going on the road to Carolina? What's the next road trip for the Daniel Baldwin show? Wow. It's, I mean, we have so many great venues in the ACC. You know, my, I haven't been down to Virginia Tech yet, so I'm pretty excited about going there. I heard they have a very, very good home court. So it's good. To, and I've never played in, uh, in North Carolina or seen North Carolina. So those two will be, you know, my one and two. And, you know, obviously BC is BC. Um, I I I I don't uh, I don't know. Man, you got a hard choice to make. All right, I would so, just go by distance. Which, whichever one is the closest. <laughs> I think we're on the road to Carolina. I'm going to start setting that up now. Uh, we nice. get we get we get down there. I of course will be get, we'll be booking the car this time. We won't let Paulie take care of that responsibility, or he'll have us in a Volkswagen <laughs> Rabbit again. Um, so so I'm on the road coming to Carolina. We're going to run it by the Great Ed Levine. 
And uh, hey, how's the show going over at uh, at Atilio's? Oh, it's great, great, great. I hear uh, you guys you know, are killing it. Yeah, it's good food there. Great, great atmosphere. Uh, those guys over there, Lou and those guys, take care of us. So it's it's a, it's a great time, and uh, really appreciate being over there. Yeah, I, man, I'm still I'm still holding my breath, waiting for my invite. I Go got ahead. one more basketball question yeah. for you, <laughs> Elijah okay, Hughes. Th- Elijah Hughes three quarter court shot. Is that the furthest shot you've ever seen live? In person? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, usually it's around half court, a little bit before half, a little bit after half. But that one was unbelievable. Man, uh, and, 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 from, and from the replay, vantage point was right about where I was seeing. So we saw him hurl it, and then it disappeared behind the Jumbotron. Yeah, and then it reappeared yeah. and it started going. And I'm like, and I, you know, I still didn't think it was going in, but I, tr- I watched it when it appeared because it was on track. And I mean, he just flat out stuck it. The other thing in that building, hitting a a shot that far without like, without it's like mini golf. Like it's trying to get the ball through the windmill in mini golf in, in that place. How yeah. do you shoot it without hitting the the scoreboard and banners? Yeah. You know what my first thought though, honestly, was that I was really happy about when it comes to the shot. I was so glad Syracuse didn't win by three, so that they all would have said some crap about the chuck is what got him. You know what I mean, like. <laughs> because because we beat we beat them we outplayed them and uh, and we were down fourteen but, to two at one point. I see. I would not take the and Griff. You can tell me if I'm wrong. That's part of basketball, though. Like those yes. lucky shots yes. are part of right. basketball. Yeah, right? you can't right. take points right, off the board. I thought I heard him right. call banker when he let it go. That's what I thought <laughs> you know, I heard. You know, you know what's, what's funny is I sit next to Jerry and uh, Adrian, and I think one of I can't remember which one of them said. Yo, that's, that's, that might be going in. And I was like, what, what? And then next you know, the ball went straight <laughs> it had to be. Like, it had to be Mac. God. Only Mac would say that. <laughs> Only yeah, Mac. Man, probably him, yeah, because he got a good eye for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach Griff, thanks again. Brought to you by Davidson Ford. You can catch his show every Tuesday night out at Atelios. Thanks, Griff. Thanks, Griff. Uh, I'm mean, hearing from you. Uh. Yeah, bro. Thanks. We will uh, be back. Josh is back from the big taco. Bell yeah, we got. We got. I'm going to change my segments because I am fascinated with you know, your 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 career. I just want to be you. I want to be you. I want to be you, and I want to throw down the gauntlet because I'm wondering. Well, 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 let's come back with yeah. the gauntlet. Hey now, he's the Daniel Baldwin. Hey now, wait for the point. Hey now, well, I don't always get a point from you. Let me. If you don't know what we're talking about, I tell the mole, Paulie the mole, Paulie Sabilia the mole. And I tell him I need the point. I need some kind of action trigger. I'm a movie actor. You need to point at me. You need to action, Daniel. So since we can't say it because of the radio, I get the point. We've, Sometimes he forgets the point. You do. Sometimes you forget the point. I tell the it. truth. I admit. Tell we've, the truth. We've got another hour of scintillating radio coming up. <laughs> we've got. How our, dare you? We've got a segment of uh, Neil playing audio, which is going. How about uh, we got to come up with a name for that segment? Listen up. Now hear this, something like that, you know, when ben, Neil ben, plays ben, Bending and kneeling? Uh, <laughs> thank you. We've got thank that. Thank you, sir. We'll go over the ACC schedule. We'll talk to Josh about his Taco Bell still, opening. Yes. Okay. Well, well, Josh is right back right now, so let's go right into it. we got to take a break. We're going to re-break? Yeah, we got to go to the top of the hour, bro. We're in two hours now. we got to be oh, tight. Why? why? <laughs> got to be tight. Oh, I don't want to touch that. Got to pay the bills, bro. I don't want to touch that. We'll be back right after this. Good morning, I'm Seth Goldberg. College basketball scores from around the ACC, where number four Virginia steamrolled ninth-ranked Virginia Tech, winning 81-59 in a top-10 battle. Meanwhile, UNC held serve on home court, beat Notre Dame. Wake Forest upset 17th-ranked NC State 
on their home floor as well. In the NBA, the Warriors dominated, scoring an NBA record 51 points in the first quarter on their way to a 142-111 win over the Denver Nuggets. And and Turkish prosecutors are seeking an international arrest warrant for Knicks center Enes Kanter, accusing him of being a member of a terrorist organization. A newspaper in Turkey says Istanbul's chief prosecutor's office had also prepared an extradition request for Kanter. The Knicks center had previously said he fears going to the Knicks game in London, which is happening now, for fear that he would be assassinated. I'm Seth Goldberg. The Daniel Baldwin Show continues now. Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to The Daniel Baldwin Show. This is Anthony Munoz, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN. Hi, this is Bruce Smith, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show. Hi, this is Cornelius Bennett, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show here on ESPN. Jim Kelly, you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is Chris Berman, a.k.a. The Swami. I am predicting that you are listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Dean Kane. You're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, and so am I. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Uh, and this just in, Seth Goldberg has been assassinated by Turkish dissidents. <laughs> he said he wished he'd be assassinated because then he was famous. That it would make him famous. That's a terrible... No, he, he wouldn't be what famous to begin with if people wanted him assassinated. You guys. Yeah, the guy who assassinated him would be famous. <laughs> it wouldn't necessarily be Seth. All right, well, there's a, there's a wish list I can't... I can't say that I'm going to partake in. Would you rather be, uh, <clears throat> would you want to be uh, so famous that you were. Oh, listen, speaking of famous, just hold, hold, hold this thought for a minute. <laughs> speaking of famous, in the studio now, joining us in hour number two, fresh off the Taco Bell ribbon cutting up in, was this in Fullerton, Josh? Fulton, yes. Fulton? Fulton, yes. Fulton, oh, sorry, Cal State Fullerton. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, okay, so take me through how does this come to you how your k-rock josh legendary morning yeah. dj and 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 host and you know i mean how does taco bell even afford you and your, and your services <laughs> it was for 0.0 dollars it, it was, was for point zero dollars did yeah. you get a free burrito or no, anything else? i did oh. no free food no Nothing. coupons later chalupa no it's just Nothing. you are a rabid animal i'm for a taco bi- bell. i'm a big taco bell fan and okay. i live in fulton and yeah. i Thought it would be funny if I was at the ribbon cutting, so they invited me, and Did I was. Did you cut the ribbon? So they had uh, they had a big pair of scissors, and it was me and the mayor of Fulton, who is I think roughly three hundred years old, and then the uh, the Brittany, who's the manager, sweet young girl. So I said, Brittany, you cut the ribbon, and I'll stand by her. So she cut the ribbon for her restaurant, and I was standing next to Brittany. Now her restaurant. She's the manager or she's she, the owner? She's the manager, and but you know she runs the place, and it was a very big deal. And you got a picture? Oh, yeah. You and Brittany? Uh, I got the whole, the whole, the whole, the whole oh, team. I need, to, I need to see that. I need to see that. What we need to post this, by the way. What, uh... What goes down at a ribbon cutting? Did they? Did they? Did the mayor do a proclamation like today? It's is, me in the middle of the ribbon is, cutting. There, it's very hard to see. It's. Did he declare Taco Bell Day in Fulton, or is there? And this is Brittany in the white coat. Uh, Brittany is purple in the in the right there in the in the Taco Bell gear. I'm right next to Brittany. Is, is there any talking done? Is there a? There's no proclamation or anything. Yeah. Prior? No, there, yeah. I think the chamber might have welcomed them, but I, you know, listen, I got out of there. I had to get back to the Daniel Alden show. Well, Did so they, so well, no, I'm more interested in, in if you don't mind. How does this come? So you find out, you see a sign coming soon, Taco Bell, and well, you reach out to Fulton them? Fulton has not had a Taco Bell in a very long time. It's but they used to have a Taco Bell. They used to. It became a fajita grill uh, years ago. Fajita grill's still open. 
Uh, but then the, this new group of people wanted to open a Taco Bell back in Fulton. So people in Fulton have been very excited about this. We don't get much there. Was there was a movement? They were just very excited. They've been There's asking for one. There's a Fulton Taco Bell movement. They've been wanting like... it forever. And finally, Taco Bell causes movement. Until finally, they've, <laughs> they broke ground on one, and people have been following it, and it's been a very big deal. And I thought it would be a funny bit for me to be there for the ribbon. So show. when the border is in order yeah. for you, mm-hmm. okay, you're going to the counter, yeah. and you're ordering... What's your one staple go-to? Yeah, is well, it just whole, a plain taco? Is it you know where are you no, going? No, it's a whole. It's it's twenty dollars and seventy cents. It's a whole meal that I get. I, I get see. two cheesy gordita crunches with no lettuce. I get two steak quesadillas. <laughs> Sometimes I get a little soft taco just to just to get the things going. Yeah, and then I get uh, a large Pepsi. Okay, so there's no there's no just standard. What put them on the map? The plain crunchy taco, just the I simple. I like those, but I feel like I've evolved as my age has evolved. I feel I like my tastes have changed, and I like what I like. So you and I go yeah. to, the, and this could be the Fulton Taco Bell. Sure. We sit down, mano a mano, 12 noon, high noon. Mm-hmm. How many in one half hour? Now, I heard you talking about this on my way back. How many crunchy tacos, just little tacos, are you going to eat? I've done this. I just okay. don't remember the number. I've uh, done. Okay, but but you know, I'm putting it out there. Just give me a number. How many are you? Um, so I think about thirty minutes, and in thirty minutes time, are you eating one every two minutes? F- I think 15, I did. I you, think I did twelve total. Twelve total in thirty minutes. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. I, I was going to say, do we sit down and do a... I think we do, yeah, yeah. A I Bobby Flay. Yeah, I think we go at it. So so if you're going to look at... Not I don't want to... Don't do that to yourself. You're diabetic. I don't want you... Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> so I'm looking for titles. All right, go I ahead. Just want I know, you're very competitive. Totally. I am. So To your own detriment, you're, you're very gonna, competitive. I, listen, Alec might be right. I might be dead in Taco Bell and Fulton. Oh. Um, you're going to sit down in this half hour. Are you saying your under over is 12 is about the number? I don't quote me on that because I've done it. I, I twelve. I yeah. I'll put my over under at twelve. Paulie, that's one every two and a half minutes, about something like that, for a half hour. So it's a, yeah, something like that. What are you thinking? I I don't know. How many would you knock down in two? Minutes? I would not even try. Okay. Not even attempt it. I'm gonna say. I could easily eat fifteen. I mean, easily. Oh, I mean, I mean, no. I mean, I mean, easily. Really? Yeah, fifteen. Right. Yeah, fifteen. Fifteen would be. Here's s- the thing. Slacking. I saw. You, I heard you talking about this on the way back. You've done this with hot dogs. You are so dangerously competitive. I'm not ever going to challenge you to a to. What's the challenge? I'm talking, about, I'm, talking, I'm talking about a charitable thing. Yeah, I would jam them he down will. my throat. He doesn't vomit. like to lose. Vomit. So and, then, like, and I'd have to pale yeah, vomit you, you would die. You would die on, <laughs> on the air in order to win. I've seen him eat the Nathan's right? hot dogs. Is that wrong about you? You would literally die doing a stupid bit in Fulton about eating tacos just to win. Well, I don't know that I would die. But I would kill someone else. Yeah, you would. I would kill. No, I would, you would. You would. I would. I would reach down and, and, and like you know, kidney stab him. You, you know? could. You would feel the heart attack coming <laughs> he out. Would, he's gonna shoot insulin still, into his thigh. And just keep powering through still it. Still force Mick. Yeah. Cut me, Mick. <laughs> just to win it, he Cut would. Me. He would. And you get no prize or anything. <laughs> it was just I beat Josh. <laughs> he just li- he likes to be top dog. I respect that. Wow. I don't have that drive. Wow. I don't. I don't. I. I, I don't see that. <laughs> There's two people that have worked with you for a year every day that are telling you this. We, you would croak I, I only after that hot dog eating contest. Well, he, see, here's the thing: I will not. 
I will not go in if I'm not going to go in to win. Like right. I, I would be lying to you to and say they called me up and asked me to go to the Italian Day thing, and they had a, a contest here, mm-hmm. and it was some kid for you know. And you look, you size up your competition. Right. The guys that usually win these competitions either weigh 400 pounds or they're these little skinny guys, and you can't figure out. Yeah. I'm more scared of the little skinny guy. They win more. Yeah, they do. So they bring this guy in from the Syracuse Crunch, and I look at him, and he's you know hockey body. He's a mm-hmm. good build, not very big. And I went, God, he's the guy, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So and it was meatball eating contest. Ooh. And so and it was really short amount of time, it was like three minutes. Yeah. So I banged down, you know, fourteen of these bad boys, you know, just crushing them. And he eats fifteen and a half or something and beats me. And you know, and I thought about do I swallow the last just swallow him? I, I was getting into it. Right. And I lo- I hate losing. I hate you do. losing. I know you do. I do. I hate losing. I can't get mad at that. It's respectable. Paulie's giving me the, I have to follow the break schedule here. Yeah, we'll take Paulie's a quick break, get back on time, come back, we'll go over the SG schedule, do listener emails. Oh, like it's 1985, I love it. I love listener emails. <laughs> it's 1985. I love it. We need a jingle. We'll be, we'll be, yeah, we do, we need to, this is what I mean, this is where, and I know you're listening, Nikki Kneecaps and, and Forrest, we need to come up with music that comes with this so you can feed us the cue, we're going into viewer mail, you know, we got we, be hard right on. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Polly poop. <laughs> Polly poop. Polly poop it. Polly poopy pants. Wow. Wow. Polly poopy pants. So let us update you on what's going on right now in the studio so you know. Polly has to go to the bathroom really, really bad. That's why he broke early. I was wondering why we got out of yeah, here early. No, the break was on time. The break was early. No, it wasn't. Five minutes. We should go 15. We went at 10. Yeah, yeah. We no, did. I took the break at 12 like we always do. So oh, okay. right. Anyway, Polly went early. He didn't tell us the truth. He got a hot he, went running, he went running out of here. <laughs> now, we have, the great Ed Levine has his own private bathroom. He's got masseuses. He's got it all in there. Uh, we, the slaves, have to go to the bathroom that has one stall, one urinal, one stall. Well, when you go in there sometimes, if you wait a little late in the game and someone's in the stall, you got to wait. You got to hold it in. Paulie is under the gun right now. He's trying not to. He's doing that. I'm trying not to think about it. I'm squeezing. I'm, sque- <laughs> I'm doing the internal squeeze. Neil, right, right now, uh, Forrest is on poop right. patrol. He is waiting for that. That stall. dude's been in there five the whole break. So you know, it, okay, so let's someone, guess who it is. Someone's on vacation. Let's guess who it is. It's either Lucarelli. No, no, or, or it's, I know who it is. Oh, I, I looked know who it is. The shoes. Oh, you do? Yeah, I looked under because sometimes the who door is lo- it? I'm not saying sometimes the door locks in there by itself. So I wanted to make sure there were shoes, and I know who it is. It's- Sales are on air. It's. I'll just say this: It's someone you don't want to follow. Oh no! Oh. oh no! I think I know who it is. Did he? Can we not talk about this? Yeah, here? come on. We don't want to expose the person. 20, and let's then, play twenty poopshins. And then the uh, Neil is trying to convince me I need to go into the women's room. Well, yeah, this know, idiot! Oh, he's an idiot! Well, if you're <laughs> that bad off, like you gotta go, gotta go. I, I have, will run in there. You, you have someone stand outside the women's <laughs> but room, but you can't go in. No, you have someone stand outside the women's room to warn them, hey, we had to use the bathroom. Are we clear? Yeah. All right, go, go, Polly. Was it the alien? Polly, swap. Was Polly. it the alien? Right, the alien. right down who it was. It was the alien in there. Oh. Yeah. Was it him? It was him? It was the oh, alien. Oh, my God. Oh, it was Stupid, the alien. Stupid, dumb Zach. All right, go ahead. <sighs> it was the alien that was in there. Wow. That's All terrifying right. to me. That's terrifying to me. So we've got listener <coughs> emails now. This is exciting. Ooh. We have listener emails, but we also have this I don't even article. know the email address. I had an article here um, about Jim Harbaugh and the University of Michigan has recruited a seventh grader oh, to play at the University of Michigan. Isaiah Marshall, a seventh grade quarterback 
at MacArthur Academy in Southfield, Michigan, has been offered a scholarship to play at Michigan, according to his father, Brian. Wolverines coach Jim Harbaugh extended the offer after watching tape of the 13-year-old signal caller while visiting the school searching for high school prospects at Southfield High. Brian Marshall coaches running backs along with his brother, Aaron, who also is an offensive coordinator at Southfield. So he's, he's in junior high school. I don't understand how a college coach can see anything in a seventh grader where he goes, yeah, he's going to be great in six years. I know. Well, I don't. I, I can't say that's true. I, I think you can see someone who's dominant. I think I would have been one of those cases had they, had they looked at me at six foot. In, in seventh grade, I was already six foot. Mm-hmm. So I think when I looked at my growth curve, I fully expected I was going to be six four or more, mm-hmm. and I ended up being six one. So I only grew another inch after I was right. thirteen. Right. Um, so that could backfire on mm-hmm. you, but certainly someone's athletic ability, I can see. I'm just I'm, I'm looking at the moral and ethical, you know, parts of it. Uh, you know, to sign a kid to. You're back already? That is an false unbelievable call? speed. Was that a for, false call? No. no was that, that just was efficiency? On, it, was, it was on its way, dude. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was no stopping. Congratulations. Thank All right, you. we're wow. back. So we're, we're back. talking about this this seventh grade kid that got offered a full ride to Michigan. Um, Guess uh, Harbaugh's not going to the NFL, huh? No. He's already planning his team six years from now. But but but, but still, the, uh, I'm talking about moral and ethical stuff, you know, about offering a kid this scholarship. Um, it has to, if it's out to us, it's gotten out to the kids that he plays with. Mm-hmm. It's gotten out to, you know, the high school when he finally gets into it, that he's already got a full ride to Michigan, or at least has been offered that. What does that do to the kid, and, and do we want to start the practice of taking them that young? Because here, here's one of the things that first came to my mind. So you're allowed to vote at 18. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to go to war, and, and you can be made throughout history of this country to go to war and be drafted to go. And have no say in that. Um, but you can't go to the NFL right out of high school. Mm-hmm. So you can't go take your skills that this college coach sees while he's in seventh grade and is going to tie him to a, what will be hundreds of thousands of dollars of cost to, to give a kid a full scholarship to Michigan. You can do that, but you can't play. So I, 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 this is where I can't. Either it's going to be free enterprise and free market, and that's what it's going to be. We're going we're gonna to call it what it is, and we're going to do that. Or the league is allowed to. So why isn't the NCAA allowed to turn around and look at the host of potential problems of signing a kid in seventh grade um, and offering him a scholarship and age limit that? I personally think that's too young to get a kid to sign why? something. Why? Because it's, it, it's already furthering his education, his chance right. of making money. Yeah, but now he's got to go through his entire high school playing career well, with well, this. But well, it's he, off the table now. Well, here, now he doesn't have to deal about the whole recruiting process. Well, here's what, 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 I, what, I, what I worry about about it. I, I, and I don't know enough about uh, the intricacies of it, the legal intricacies. And so I'd like to study that a little more before I render a permanent opinion. But I'll tell you my, my first look at it. Where does that end? So the kid turns around and he becomes a junior in high school and he decides to switch to tight end. Or the kid, does that mean Michigan has the right then to turn around and take the scholarship away from him? Does that mean, so there's a lot, and I could bring up 10 more scenarios. But his mother gets sick and he decides he doesn't want to go far away from home and he wants to take. That happens all the time even now though. Yeah, I think that when you're doing it to a kid that's 12, or 13 years old, 
you know, that's a really young age. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not voicing the opinion that I'm, I'm totally against it. I worry about introducing anything that's that lucrative a financial situation to a child. He's a child. Yeah, well, there's kid actors. There's uh, Hopefully the parents are doing their due diligence and, you, and, and making the right decision and, with the kid. And you fall into the web very well. Thank you so much. Those kid actors are covered under the Jackie Klugen laws. Uh, and and there are strict parameters by which Hollywood has to teacher has to come on set. T has to be with a uh, you know. There's forget well, it. That's one of that's one of the. the but this worst kid isn't it. doing anything like that, like working or anything, until he gets to college. And what are the stipulations? Like, does the college say you need to maintain this kind of GPA through high school? Well, oh, I sure, got better than that. I'm sure it's the same as I you would be, any. I got better than that kid. I got way better than that. So can this kid then, according to American laws and the NCAA, having only signed, can he do commercials for products right now, being the youngest kid? Why not? He's not in college yet. So now he can go, and if he if he starts breaking records in high school as a freshman, mm-hmm. and he can go on TV and tell the truth, uh, the truth of the matter is, I'm the youngest full scholarship athlete to ever enter Michigan football and do a Charmin commercial, do a beer commercial. Do it, and you know what? The NCAA would have no say in that at all. Yes, they he, would. Why would they? Because he's committed. Like, like, he's not the prop, the property of 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 Michigan. You're, that's this is exactly what I mean. The 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 allure of him doing local commercials for products that are. How can the University of Michigan or the NCAA govern what a fourteen year old kid who has the, absolutely not? They can't. They cannot. Okay, they can't. Well. And so, and, and and again, then why has no other kid done it? Well, I don't know. Many kids are offered not, full scholarships at thirteen. But there's been like, why didn't Zion Williamson do commercials? You can't do it. Well, well, again, I would challenge their ability to tell a kid that he's not allowed to do whatever the hell he wants to. Okay, so here's a better one. What if he goes on becomes a child actor right now due to his popularity and doesn't say anything about? Can they stop him from acting on shows because he's popular due to the scholarship? I, I don't know. There but. you go. So this is the danger of it. That's all I'm saying. This this going into these muddied waters, we these all unexplored be so lucky waters. To have these dangers. I, I don't feel sorry for any of them. I, I I don't. I worry about the precedence. You know. I, I, again, I go back to. Here's an analogy that seems a little out there, but you'll you'll understand when I get done. It's the same reason why they didn't want professional sports in Las Vegas. The temptation of twisting it, of finding people that can that can get around rules and that can do stuff, and having the games be live and played by people that are that close to casino gambling is why they decided that they weren't going to allow it. Now there's a hockey team, the Raiders have moved there, and other teams will follow. It's beautiful weather to have a baseball team. That's coming. Here's, the, here's the ruling if you'd like it. Okay, go ahead. According to the NCAA, college-bound... And current student athletes who want to compete at Division One or Division Two schools need to preserve their eligibility by meeting NCAA uh, NCAA amateurism requirements. If a college-bound student athlete is paid for appearing in a commercial or receives an endorsement before he or she is accepted at an NCAA member school, he or her his or her eligibility will be affected. Accepted. There you go. So this kid hasn't been accepted. This kid's been offered a scholarship. Before, it says before he's been accepted, right? Uh, before, before, yes, before they're accepted, their eligibility could be affected. So it's saying you can't do it before you've been accepted. So. No, it's not saying that. Okay, it's not. I don't know what before means. Can I say that really? Yeah, quick? go ahead. Scroll, it's right here. It's uh, can a college bound student right there. 
college-bound and current student-athletes, so kids on their way to college and ones that are in the school, who want to compete in Division One and two schools need to preserve their eligibility by meeting NCAA amateurism requirements. If a college-bound student-athlete is paid for appearing in a commercial or receives an endorsement before he or she is accepted at an NCAA member school... So, hang on. Before. Hang on. You can't do it. You're not listening okay, to me. Okay, I'm not. You're, you're not listening. You're go not ahead, listening. Go ahead. Tell you're me not, how I'm wrong. Go okay, ahead. Okay. Instead of getting all all excited... I'm not excited listen, at all. Go ahead. Listen to the words again. Appearing in a commercial or receive an endorsement before he or she is accepted at an NCAA member school, his or her eligibility will be affected. This child has not applied to the school, has not accepted the offer... Has been offered an offer. He is not accepted to an NCAA school. Do you not know what the word before means? <laughs> you have to commit to the school. No, you don't. It says before you're accepted. You can't do it. Okay. I don't agree. I don't agree. It don't says agree. before you're accepted. I'm trying to find any other information on their website. You can't do it. There's never going, been a kid going, to do it. I'm going to break early. I'm going to get a, a, a noteworthy um Here's Here's my point. Why has no other kid done it? It's illegal for high school kids to do ads if you want to play in the NCAA. He's not a high school kid. He's a junior high school kid. <laughs> and see, now you're trying to make me look like a D-bag. I'm not. I'm not. Because it not, says before you're accepted. Because the difference between you and me is that I don't have to go, God, God, and get all jutted in. You can just say, I don't agree with you. and, and that, it That's doesn't have not to be, good sports radio, bro. No, no. Well, you can, again. Michael on again. Twitter is tweeting at us. He says, just because he was offered a scholarship doesn't mean he has to go there. That's right. An offer is not a guarantee. Not, Michigan sign. can pull the offer whenever yes. they want. Yes. But and, that, and he, can, he didn't accept it. What he's talking about has nothing to do with them doing ads. I, okay. So, the kid can change his mind at any point. Okay. Okay. So so let's say let's say this. Let's say this. Let, let me let me get your opinion on this. Okay. So he's a star coming out of going okay. his junior year. He sets the Michigan high school running running back record for most yards, mm -hmm. and he has not entertained a single offer to go yet. Mm -hmm. And someone says, "I want to do a movie and have you play," or or they want to. He's do, out. Hang on. They wanted to do commercials and do whatever with no intent. And then his senior year decides to sign to go to Michigan. He's lost his amateur status? Yes, because he did it before he was accepted well, to let me ask school. Let me, let, me, let me give another example. Say Macaulay Culkin stars in all these movies and blah, right. blah, blah, and he's done, he's and done with movies. decides to go play baseball. And he's done with movies. And he goes to regular high school, and they he's a great baseball player for some uh -huh. reason, and they offer him a scholarship. He may not be able to play. It says may affect before you've been accepted. So it's a case-by-case case is what I'm you're guessing, saying. I'm guessing, yes. All right. Okay. And Macaulay Culkin did it when he was four before... And it had nothing to do, stardom had nothing to do with his athletic ability. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's move along. Uh, hold on. We got a caller. Oh, I like God's that. God's sakes. Like Jim it. and Liver. Our, our phone screener's too busy to tell us what Jim would like to talk Big about. Big Jim. What up, Jim? This this conversation's as bad as the day you guys called Jim Plunkett the throwing Samoan. Okay, go ahead. Tell us why. Why, why, why was calling Jim Plunkett the throwing Samoan a bad thing? Because it wasn't Jim Plunkett. Okay, go ahead. Okay. It, the guy, the guy was. Uh, his last name was Thompson. Okay. Yes. What's this got to do with the, what we're talking about now? I, I just, you know, where are you guys going with this conversation, Daniel? You're wrong. Okay. Why am I wrong? Tell me why I'm wrong. 
Because kids can't receive money and then receive a scholarship. The world doesn't work like that, and you're arguing it, and you're incorrect. Okay. Well, I appreciate your opinion. I don't agree with you. I think that a kid has free market at, at 12 years old or 13 years he, old he, without accepting a scholarship. He may never play f- football. And I do not believe that if he does a commercial for the local tractor company and they say, this is so-and-so athlete, blah, 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 Jimmy Newsom, who has the best throwing quarterback in Michigan State history and he does a commercial, that six years later they're going to prevent him from So I disagree with you. But it's and that's okay rules. that we disagree. It's against the rules. Okay, well, I don't agree. I don't right. agree. I don't, very, I, I don't think so. We've got a very special guest calling in now. Oh, we do? Yeah. You know who it is? Well, who is it? I can't see that. Yeah, say the name. Wow, we got the great one calling? Yeah, uh, on the Burdick Toyota guest line. Who is it, Mr. Baldwin? It is the great Adam Weitzman. Oh, God. The great <laughs> Adam Weitzman. What do you mean you shouldn't have called? How dare you, sir? <laughs> oh, man. Big mistake. What's He's going breaking on? up the arguments, Adam um, Weitzman. Yeah, is. we're going at it on the show right now. I know, uh, I was here, and I'm like, I should just hang up. And well, just well, well, up. Not, well, for, well, let me hit you with this first before I go into the, into your story, which is now a national, international story, um, what's going on in Adam's life right now, uh, that I wanted to learn more about. But uh, what we were talking about was that Jim Harbaugh and Michigan offered a seventh-grade kid a scholarship now to go to go to the University of Michigan. And I said... Well, now what stops this kid? Can he capitalize on that? This is part of the... And so everyone's ragging me saying, no, he can't. It makes him ineligible. He's not allowed to do that. And I said, he hasn't accepted a scholarship. He's a kid. He, but that's the rule. It says before you accept. Right, right. So so we're, we're having an argument about semantics and wording it's and verbiage. It's not semantics, though. Okay. That's well, again, the, I, the I, law. Again, again, rather than have you tell me why I'm wrong, all I'm leaving it is is general that... We have a disagreement, you, you and I. You think he should be able to do it. You and I have a disagreement about what the rules are and what he's eligible and, and, and able to do. And I'm going to get David Falk, who was Michael Jordan's agent or somebody who really, really knows this stuff, to get on the phone with us and settle that argument. Now I'm moving on to the great Adam Weitzman. All right, go ahead. Uh, now I'm moving on to the great Adam it's, Weitzman. We are a married couple. Who, who, it's embarrassing. Are, it's like, poor Adam Weitzman's sitting here like he's exactly, listening to mom exactly, and dad. Exactly. Yelling. Why can't you take the cue now and shut up <laughs> I will and let never, me talk to I the great Adam Weitzman? Okay, go ahead. All right, who's far more important to me in my life than you will ever be. So, 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 Adam, take me through this. So, we're going down to Duke. We know, you know, you're you're a, a rabid Syracuse fan, uh, and and you and you love Coach Beheim. You guys are very very close friends. But besides that, take us through the lineage of how this boys and girls club thing took place. What happened exactly? Well, you know, we were going on the Duke game, and we we're like a bunch of my friends and I were in the gym just working out at the hotel before the game, and uh, we were reading a story about uh, Isaiah the. Uh, you know Isaiah Stewart, the recruit that they've been trying to get. You know that I don't. It doesn't look like he might come to Syracuse, but it would be really nice if he did. Um, and that you know part of his life was uh, you know growing up at the boys' club, you know after school and things like that. And that was one of the big things that helped him to get to where he is today. You know, one of the best college players or best high school players, probably in this region, almost ever. You know, and uh, so we we're just talking about the boys' club. And then one of my friends was like, you know, so many pro athletes, uh, you know spent their time at the boys club and I think a lot of the Syracuse guys that play on the team now you know the boys club was the place after school that was so important to them so we just we were talking I said you know it'd be cool if we beat Duke which is a you know huge long shot but if we do you know maybe we could do something nice for the community at the same time so I just threw that up on Facebook about you know donating money to the boys club if uh, Syracuse could pull off a win and I know like some of the 
players had followed me on social media and stuff. So I thought maybe they would see that and it inspired them to really push it hard for the game. You know, I mean, I have been involved and my family has been involved with, and, not, and you know, and, and, and I think I need to put credit where, give credit where credit is due, not just to you, but to your wife, Kim, who works relentlessly in the community here in Syracuse and abroad to try to bring attention and monies and time that she donates and, you know, your fabulous restaurant and Scanny Atlas, which is the host of so many different events. You guys work pretty tirelessly to give back to the community, but we're not talking about that at this level, Adam. We're talking about, you know, $150,000, $175,000 that you, that you offer to do this. This is a gigantic boost that puts these programs in these, in these cities uh, of, of Syracuse and Binghamton and wherever else the money's going to go. Uh, you know, I just wanted to take the time because I know you won't say anything about it, and you didn't even now on the radio, so I'm going to say it. Thank you so much for your entrepreneurial leadership in our region and uh, and being the example of what it, what it should be like for somebody who's been very blessed and fortunate to do well in life, uh, but never forgets to give it back. I know that your generosity, you, you both you and your wife, has touched breast cancer and my mother's foundation on several different occasions and will continue as we do events at the Krebs together and, and different things that we do together because we're friends. But I just wanted to really say thank you because, you know, if we had more people like you out there, you know, we wouldn't have so many underprivileged kids that have an, an equal and a chance and an opportunity to enjoy the fruits of the labor that we do to get to the place where we're at now. So thank you, my friend. Thank you, my brother. No, you're welcome. It's just it's just important that we support, you know, the the Boys and Girls Club, you know, is like so important around here. Um, because it's one place that everybody can go to and you know, hopefully this money you know, one of the ways I want the money earmarked is hopefully so we can keep these places open a little later at night so these kids, you know, don't have to be on the street, they can go there, they got a place to go, you know, you know, after school and at night. And uh, I don't know, it's been a I grew up going to the boys' club in Tioga County here. The Tioga County has a really great boys' club here. My grandfather actually was one of the founders of it years ago. So, I don't know. It's got a good place in my heart. I think everybody can relate to the boys' and girls' club. So, If anybody wants to donate to the boys' and girls' club and help out themselves, bgca.org is how you would do that. bgca.org. I'm thinking that when the basketball season ends, we need to get a uh, – a Baldwin Weitzman celebrity game at the boys' club or something. We'll, we'll do something to raise some money. Yeah, at five foot seven and with no vertical jump, I'm sure I'm going to be a big listen, big listen, factor in listen, that game. Listen, Muggsy. <laughs> listen, Muggsy Bogues. Just give me the just whenever in doubt, give me the ball and I'll chuck it up. Don't worry. We, nah, I've seen you play. You're dirt. You play dirty too. So <laughs> I totally play dirty. Are you kidding me? Hey, Adam, I want to give you first right of refusal on something. We're going to start traveling to all the games via car, me and Daniel and I, uh, and we'd like you to be a, we'd like to give you shotgun to the UNC game. All right, so so, so I want you to imagine now. So here's my choices. I don't know if you realize this, but so we drove down, and part of the template of my my driving down, as you know, um, I have my children here in Syracuse now, and... uh, uh, you know, I'm looking at ways to turning the ESPN model into something that's more in the genre of what I do, which is film and television. So I started thinking of what are the assets that you have, and part of the assets I have is now a two-hour show, which if I was to mount cameras up in here and shoot t- 10 hours worth of material just to try to make a-, a few half hours, I wanted to take one of these games like a month, like we just went to Duke. Now, if we had had cameras in that damn car and in the in the hotel, 
you know, you would have been in some of it because we ran into you, but but to make this into a show, so I'm thinking the next game we go to, I'm going to rig my truck up with cameras in it and then intercut back and forth from the show and see what happens if we make a couple of half hours. One of my great fallbacks was, well, if we if it really sucked being with Paulie the whole drive, I was jumping on your plane and coming home with you. <laughs> which which just to have a camera there to see him us in the in the jet and then cutting back to him in the parking lot, beeping the horn, waiting for us to come down while we were long gone. That's my idea. I'm not telling you to get in the car. My idea. I'm inviting him. <clears throat> I think having Adam Weitzman in the car with us would be great. Uh, but I don't know. They, I was watching that with my wife on Facebook. You know, you had on Facebook Live. Yes. And I looked at it, and I told my wife, I'd rather hitchhike. <laughs> okay, okay. But see, that car. But, see, but see, having having a camera on you and your wife just for that one line on the plane is well. So did you see the potential for a show and what you saw in the car? Yeah, yeah it was pretty crazy. Yeah, there's totally a show in this. So listen, this could be the great producer, Adam Weitzman, down the road. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, Adam, thanks a lot for taking the yeah, time to call us, brother. You, you know how much we love you. God bless. Bye. Bye. All right, we'll be back. Uh, we'll do emails, and we'll maybe get to going over the ACC schedule before the end of the show. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey, now. Yeah, we're going to go right to break. Yeah. So We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> talk, to me, talk to me about how this works now. I need to understand the two-hour concept. No, we've got times we need to be in and out of breaks at. We had Adam segmented. He called in. We got to him quickly because we didn't want to put the great man on hold. And we'll... Uh... Do we need to get... Um, I'm going to text it out right now while I'm on. We'll see if we get a response. Um, question on my show. Question on my show. My show. Do we need my niece Jacqueline as a permanent fixture on the show? Do we need her? I, don't, I doubt she's listening because I see she's texting on some giant. You know you get these family things where there's like 11 people? I'm going to text this out to my niece and find out what her response is. Maybe I'll even have her call in. We'll be right back after this. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Apparently, uh, <laughs> I don't I don't worry yeah, you right now. I just had an aneurysm. You did. And we have... Uh, um, it's caught on video. <laughs> you know, the family dynamic stuff that goes on, it never, it never ceases to make me wonder. So I'm in one of those big, you know, family, like 11 different people. The chats uh, on Yeah, the phone. chats. And, and, and you know, I, I don't, I'm not always privy because I'm not staying on top of what's been talked. Like, I'll I'll look down and see 27, and it's all my nieces and nephews. Inside and, jokes and yeah, stuff, Yeah, yeah. Right? So, well, well, I can follow it if I go back and read it, mm-hmm. but I'm not going really back all the way to read it. So I kind of sometimes might, I might reply inappropriately because sure. it's out of context or whatever. But I put on about Jacqueline coming on the show. Does, this show, does my show need, I've posed the question, does my show need Jacqueline to be on? And nothing. Nothing. Jo- Jonathan left the conversation. Oh. This one, but so I don't know. Maybe I'm like in the the doghouse or something. I don't realize it. I don't think so. But uh, so I I texted to Jacqueline. Nothing, and no response. But she's responding to the other stuff. That's it. So she's obviously. So maybe I'm my, I'm on the outs. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't keep you're track. Being excommunicated I, from the. Family? I don't know. I know one day you're you're good and you're the uncle that's helping out, and the next day you're the the terrifying uncle that. Is overwhelming them and blah blah. I don't know. I can't. I can't keep drama. Tra- I can't keep track of it. All I know is that the week long thing I did. Are you all right, bud? Do you have to go to the bathroom again? No, I'm just stressed. 
I need you, sleep. Okay, let's drop off a jackal in a minute because uh, obviously I'm, I'm I'm in the bad place with her, so I'm not getting a response. Uh, why you uh, why you in stress? Why did that stress you out? People are writing in that are watching on Facebook because you look like you blew your top, which you kind of did. Why? He did. Why? That was legitimately him blowing his top. That was that was him blowing right? it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was an official blowout. Like you got. I'm, I, 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 I screwed up, and I don't like screwing up. I'm sorry. Well, but but it wasn't that. But I can always rotate. I don't believe him, but for a second, by the way. So here's what happened. So we're gonna play mystery guest, and and we're gonna bring this back to the show. So I was running some mystery guest people by, and then I started putting feelers out because, you know, some of these these are celebrities and they have big long schedules. So I told Paulie who I booked, and then he started to say the person's name right in front of Josh, who was has to guess who it is. That's the ghost coming in right now. The door just swung open really eerily, um, and so and I said, ah! like, and, and, and it, you know, then what followed was tense, huh? You, you, you two, you two have spent too much time together this week, and I really think. Am that- I getting as hot and excited as he is? Do you, do you feel like I'm, I'm I'm irritating it, or what? Can what can I be doing? I what can, can- you you exist at a at a pretty even six? You, I can never like just your personality is. But I'm a six anyway. I know what I'm saying, so I can never right. tell if you're truly angry. Like even right there, I can't, uh, yeah, yeah, right. And I've seen you really angry the once you yelled at Polly. So yeah, I, I start dropping swear words. Yeah, I'm... yeah, yeah. So I, I don't ever, I don't ever know. I don't know. That was Polly angry. That was Polly almost had a heart attack angry. But what was great about it, what's brought it back to a to a calmer place, is the fact that I looked. And I go, you're mad at yourself right now. You're not mad at me. I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And then he finally got to that place yeah. where he's. I know. Sometimes I, when I screw up, I get mad. And it I'm, wasn't a big deal. I, I know, but forgive I'm t- yourself, Paul. I'm, I'm I, tired, and we, I've spent the past oh. forty-eight hours with you. And I'm now he's so- doing. <laughs> it's, it's funny. We're going to wrap up with this, but so we mentioned too because Adam was one of the people, Adam Weitzman, who we had on today. He was one of the people I thought he'd be great if we, you know, because you want to. You want to do a show. If we do a show, you want to do a show with multiple locations. Now, he's opening up a second restaurant, and I thought doing a live show or something from one of, one of his restaurants, like in the in the morning or the afternoon, might be really funny. I don't know if that there, there'd probably be no advantage of it for him, um, but, but th- then you bring up him being in the car with us. Listen, th- he'd, he'd be a great person because he's fun to work with. You know, you want to work with people that you really want to work with, and he and Kim would be fun to work with. So don't kid yourself, man. My wheels were turning the same way. Maybe we get the Weitzmans involved and somehow spin this into a TV series. That's all we have for today. We'll be back red hot in the morning. God bless you.